2: And treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb
1: magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. The Around the NFL Podcast is King in the North.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, happy heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Ho!
3: Hey Dan! <laughs>
4: Wow. Mark? Yes.
2: Anthony Sessler.
4: Not my middle name. Mark Edward Sessler. Yes.
2: It is a new day. Because Odell Beckham is a member of the Cleveland Browns. Maron!
5: Not only that, Enya is in the studio with us right now.
2: Come on in, Enya. Bring your heart. A vibrant Enya knockoff. I would call her YAH. Listen, this is a happy day in this this studio, especially for the long-suffering Brown fan, the long-suffering Jets fan. Let me break it down like this, Mark. 321 days ago, the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield first overall. My Jets took Sam Darnold. Yesterday, Odell Beckham to the Browns, Le'Veon Bell to the Jets. Something's happening, my friend. Something's happening. I think if you believe in this concept of football God. gods
4: that there's been a shake-up up in the world of football heaven because there, for a long-standing time whoever was running this show <laughs> had a deep disdain for the two teams you just mentioned and it seems to be turning a little bit. I like The one reaction for me personally is it's, you know, it's, I think I I think it's a nice day in a way where you come to work and like everyone's like, "Hey man, how are you feeling?" like I'm so happy for you. It's like and on Twitter it's like I get it cuz you you've followed a team for so long and it's been so rough and it's become almost like a, a part of your whole experience here. But uh I don't know how to describe it. It's like for me very bizarre to look at a roster that you know, we had a a free agency show that uh West just called the Browns roster Super Bowl worthy which um Again, I would feel I'd have to be in the middle of the night in a dream to hear that happening. That's very Browns scattered. and
2: Super Bowl
5: in the same sentence.
2: It's and a it, thing that's happening now.
5: They are the fi- – Absolutely. You were you the ones that broke the news to me that they were the fifth highest most likely team to win the Super Bowl in Vegas right now. Desert people
2: are saying that. The desert people – not just the desert people are getting behind the Browns. This country is – and we've been kind of ahead of the curve on this uh, in the in the sense that there has been a groundswell toward the Browns in in this country – uh, and really, NFL fans around the world, this idea of getting behind the Browns, a big part of it, I think, uh, was Baker Mayfield um, and this idea that this team that went 1-31 and 0-16 could turn it around, and I think Hard Knocks fed into that. And then what happened once the season got going, uh, it bottomed out with Hugh getting fired, with the OC getting fired, and then there's just been this wave that's been building, and it kind of, to me, crested – with this Odell Beckham trade, in in which the Giants, and we'll get to the Giants, and we're and and this is a big show, by the way, we're going to go through all day three of free agency, but also uh, day one of the new league year. Happy New Year, everybody! We're going to um, break down all the news that's going on, and also Joe Thomas, who is on our. Uh, around the NFL Twitter show, big fish. Yeah, big fish. Uh, earlier today, uh, we don't do this often, but when when it's something that we like and we want more people to see slash hear it, uh, we'll add this to the, we'll add it to the end of the show. Joe Thomas sitting in with Greg, Mark, and myself uh, talking about the Browns and all this. But this idea that the Browns, it, it seems like it's cresting now, where Odell Beckham completely changes everything there's an excitement that goes has gone next level because that's the type of player odell beckham is Wes, he is a transcendent talent you wrote about it on the dot com and he
3: takes everything to the next level i think he's the most talented player in the nfl since he entered the nfl he has more talent than anyone and i think you're going to see the difference that a quarterback makes i think i saw a stat from pro football focus last night that eli manning uh had the um Worst accuracy on balls, on hands, and on the body that can be caught easily by a wide receiver. Not a great trade. Baker Mayfield from Week 10 on was fourth among quarterbacks in that category. And I think you're going to see a Randy Moss-like effect in the Browns offense from the speed and the spacing, the big playability. And if you look at the – last year at this time, Dave Gettleman thought he had a chance to draft Baker Mayfield and pair him with Odell Beckham. Nobody knew the Browns were going to take Baker Mayfield. The Giants were drafting second. Everybody thought Sam Darnold was going to the Browns. Dave Gettleman could have paired Baker Mayfield with Odell Beckham. Now he gets to watch the mm. Browns pair Baker Mayfield with Odell Beckham.
4: To me, the one thing for me that where where another source of hope comes versus hey look at this is a get good quick through free agency is that their past two drafts prove that the core of this team is their young players because John Dorsey brings in Mayfield. It's Denzel Ward. It's Nick Chubb. It's Antonio Calloway. It's Jannard Avery. And the year before, Miles Garrett, David Njoku, Larry Okunjobi. And it goes on and on. You've got a young core after, honestly, what's been 15-plus years of not just bad drafts, but embarrassing and devastating drafts that netted maybe only one or two star players, one of them being Joe Thomas, But you got to go back that far. And when you hit on the draft two years in a row like this, and then you use free agency so they have fewer draft picks, but they didn't get fleeced in this Odell Beckham trade. They got it for a lot less than I would have thought it would have cost. And to me, I get that Sashi Brown did a lot to put the Browns in great position and will always deserve that credit. But a year ago, it was kind of like John Dorsey is just this sort of clunky football dude that wears a sweatshirt. He has done a lot to add talent and self scout the roster and that's one of the big reasons why they are where he's they are. He's a smart
2: guy too because this is the same situation or a similar situation I said I should say that he inherited in KC a team that was bereft of talent but had cap space and he was able to by making right the right moves and going after the right players build up the roster quickly and he's done it again with the Browns and that just to me and we were talking about the Raiders the other day what is their direction these moves they, they seem like half measures But it is also a reminder that how quickly things can change. Yes. That Las Vegas, again, it's the desert. It it is what it is. But I think it's a good indicator that they have the Browns in the top five teams most likely to win Super Bowl 54. they were 0-16 uh, two seasons ago. I mean, that's how quickly things go. Well,
5: that's going. a reflection of the people. That's a reflection of the people that want to bet on the Browns. That's a reflection of them becoming America's team. But, but are they
2: one of the best teams in the AFC, potentially? They could
5: be. Yes, potentially. I wouldn't have them in the top five teams most likely to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so I think that's that's overheated, not not the best thing. But they have, the, the offensive talent is wild. Putting Sheldon Richardson next to Joby uh, and Miles Garrett is wild. Olivier There's Vernon, a, a million things that are coming together for this team. You still have Greg Robinson and uh, Chris Hubbard as your two tackles trying to protect this whole thing. The off season is far from over, so I don't think we even should put a, a finish on what they're doing, what what anyone else is doing. But it's the fact that it's Baker. I mean, none of this is
3: absolutely none of this it's is happening. It's always quarterback. It's
5: always Baker. And Baker going into his second year is the thing I'm most excited about in the NFL, even if he didn't have Jarvis Landry. So now you have, I think he can make Jarvis Landry better. I think he can make Antonio Calloway better. Odell Beckham is that. They I, all I mean,
3: help each other out. You have yeah.
5: Kareem Hunt maybe coming later in the year, but Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson is is a great backfield. and And the price tag was so small. And that's the part that, if you're a Giants fan, annoys me because they said, we don't need to trade him. We're not looking to trade him. And their actions say they were gonna trade him. They were just gonna take the best offer. And maybe they maybe they could have waited till April or not, and they said they were they needed to be blown away, and apparently the number seventeen overall pick, a mid level starting safety in Jabril Peppers in the third round pick was blown away. But for you to put twenty one million dollars in dead cap money and you can and Mina Kimes had a good tweet, just thinking of the if the Giants actually were committed to rebuilding what they could have done a year ago by trading Landon Collins, by trading Odell Beckham before you gave him this contract and took on all that money like there were other routes they could have gone they didn't they didn't they look like they don't know what they're doing and the Browns are smart enough to be aggressive and see a window of opportunity and go get it take a
3: bow John Dorsey first of all man of the hour has built simultaneously two AFC Super Bowl contenders and for his last flourish in Kansas City outmaneuvered four teams to draft Patrick Mahomes, then when against the grain of everybody in the NFL, assuming he would take Sam Darnold, took Baker Mayfield, and now for his PS to resistance, trades Odell Beckham mm-hmm. and turns his roster into a Super Bowl-caliber roster. Giants. Bill James in the 1980s said throughout the history of sports in America, Bad teams always blame their best players. This is what the Giants are doing. They had leaked to Mike Garifullo this morning. We thought the offense could run better without Odell Beckham because Eli Manning concentrated too much on getting the ball to Odell Beckham. This is a laughable evaluation of your own talent in the building.
4: You're moving the wrong player. And you've been moving players out of the building, and their dead cap money is insane. And you can say, "Oh, listen, you don't under- None of you can quite understand the Giants' plan. We have a plan." Really, you think Pat Shermer feels good about what he's going into in this season? Pat Shermer's dead. Uh, he's a gone. terrible setup Pat, for a coach. Pat well, so
5: if the Shermer family is, you know, that metaphorically, you know, he's fine. Pat, he's he's gonna have a good
2: life. He's doing what he loves.
3: Pat Shermer
2: is in the our old friend in San Francisco, the mustachioed friend of ours. What was his name again?
3: Oh, uh, Jim Tomsula. Jim Tomsula. Oh, the Jettison Niners coach. That That is what – Still that's in Washington.
2: Where, that's where he is now, Pat Shermer. He's rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. And you know what? Dave Gettleman isn't going to be far behind because I think it is going to mm-hmm. be a wave of criticism. Uh, I don't think the Giants – just like they – and this is also I got to say it's surprising as a New York as a New Yorker who always watched the Giants do things right for decades and decades of my lifetime to see how they're getting things wrong how when they benched Eli a, a year ago they kind of misjudged the the swell that would come at them off this now that this move the, to move their most popular player this this transcendent talent in Beckham they have misjudged this and I don't think Gettleman survives this and I know you I don't can't think he gets overcome like they had to p- build this team
4: Right they had a PR disaster when they benched Eli And the wrong way to handle that is to – I get why they put him back in the lineup. Then you let it die. You don't overcompensate by committing to a fading quarterback for two more years to a maddening degree where literally fans – Pundits, everyone is looking at the Giants but saying, how can you not all, see what we all see?
2: This all started to what Greg was saying with the Giants. They thought they were going to be good last year, and that was the, the major miscalculation, I think, which, what happened. They, that's why they gave Beckham the money. When the bottom fell out uh, the way it did, I think they, they course-corrected, and I don't think they course-corrected and made the right move. One last thought on Gettleman. This was sound two weeks ago today at the uh, NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, we didn't sign Odell to trade him, okay? So I know that's all over the place. So understand that. And That's the, all I need to say about that. Let me, let me just say this. I understand how the business works uh, to a certain extent. I've been covering it for long enough. I understand lies of, of omission are part of the game. But the outright lies a little bit on my radar because <laughs> – that that there's no way this was not percolating on any level inside the organization. He chose to send a a, a, raw, a, a erroneous message out to the public. I guess that's part of the game. I don't like it though, and I, I, I and I think Giants fans. Part of the reason it hurts so much is that when you hear your the boss say that, the general manager say that, it sets you at ease as a fan. It's like, all right, they're not going to do anything crazy. And then when the rug gets pulled out
3: on you, we got to eat dirt. We chase that which retreats from us, which is why the best way. To gather trade value for a player is to deny that he's on the trade block. Well, it sounds like maybe the Browns made the first call. We don't know.
5: That part we don't know. But we do know, based on various reports, that the Giants then shopped the offer around. And they tried which, they tried to see if they could do better. Which tells you that they
3: did not get the moon they were asking for if right. they were shopping that right. offer around.
5: So they, they tried to. So they were calling people. Did they use the app? I, a GM? I maybe they should should've. have they should have because I don't know John Lynch maybe you know he maybe he would have been on the app he didn't take the call and and the whole idea of like Odell is a distraction or anything like that you've heard Jeff Schwartz who's a former teammate you know said he hopes people don't don't think he's an actual distraction because he's loved in the locker room that he works his ass off That he keeps it loose and he and he's obviously an excellent playmaker, which which goes a long way. So if if you can't manage great players that are difficult to manage, that's on you. And I think the Browns, to their credit, are gonna be confident that they they can manage it, and hopefully Freddie Kitchens and and everyone there can, because it's not easy. Talent, you know, it's not that managing Odell is hard. It's just managing expectations and feeding the ball to everyone and and like getting. They're going to be the favorites now in the not, AFC North. That's not easy. And
4: one last thing, like you yeah. don't, if you're a Giants fan, you, you're looking at what the Browns are doing, what the Jets in your own town are doing, and it's not, it's un, it's discomforting to look at your regime. Your coach and GM, and they look more like Trojan horses that were sent inside the organization to t- take it apart from within. Their moves over the last calendar year are unbelievable mm. for the lack of value they could have gotten for the kind of players they gave away. I
5: know, I know, we want to move on, but I think the fans would want to know what, what was, what, ha, where were you, Mark, when you found this out and stuff? And what, was, what was that like?
4: Mark? I was out what at was, dinner actually, and there was I found out With who. I will not disclose that.
2: <laughs> that that was a there's, surprise. A new, there's a new most fascinating subplot of the podcast. That was
5: a surprise. The reaction on Mark's face there. Um, so you were out at dinner. And with
2: with I, ESPN, I assume, it sounds like. So.
4: With ESPN, yes. Yeah. With, a, with a job prospect. And I, no, I, I learned after the fact. And then, uh, you know as Wes and I know, we were, <laughs> we were contacted by our supervisor to uh, weigh in on our website. And so okay. I was quickly in an Uber back to a computer. Put them and on so, Sunday. They're going to be on Sunday I'm Night like, Football. It's cool.
5: Worst case scenario, they are one of the teams, uh, or maybe the team of the 2019 season. Everything is changed. And and we're just like excited to go watch them.
2: They will get the max we'll number of primetime We'll have plenty of time to, time to talk about them. And, and I this is not the show to bring it up. You made the point. The Giants couldn't decide they couldn't handle Odell Beckham. The Morris and, and Gettleman, the GM, decided. Can Freddie Kitchens handle it? We don't know. Can the ownership, do we trust the Haslams to be able to handle a mercurial talent like Beckham is. Jarvis Landry is himself. Baker Mayfield's an outspoken type guy. It will be that is interesting, but that is not the day to doubt. This is not the day to doubt the Browns. It is to celebrate the mark. And while we're at it, why don't we celebrate the Jets getting a deal done? Uh, Twenty four hours Anthony, after Anthony Barr spurned Gang Green, uh, out of a handshake deal and going back to the Vikings, the Jets regroup. Uh, they uh, get more aggressive uh, going after Le'Veon Bell, and they end up landing the former Pittsburgh Steelers running back four years, $52.5 million. Uh, the guarantee money, when you factor it all in, I think he's the third highest paid running back in the league. Uh, he uh, So he's behind Todd Gurley, which I think he probably was shooting for the most money. I think he is also behind... David Johnson are right in that
5: right in
3: the
2: same neighborhood. We want to see. This is another one. Like a lot of these deals, we want to see the details. Uh, But when it came down to it, and this was a very stressful um, evening at Hansa's Manor because I was just relentlessly scrolling and refreshing my Twitter feed. uh, It was super annoying. And then you have the Le'Veon Brown, uh, Le'Veon Bell mixtape that drops. And I will say, um, I refrained from uh, clicking into that to see if I could find clues, and then thankfully it broke. <laughs> uh, Mike Garafolo uh, broke the Beckham story, but Schefter got uh, got the Lev Bell to the Jets. So. In a, a long courtship, a lot of uh, a lot of people connected the Jets and Bell because it always made sense for both sides. And their uh, Bell maybe didn't have the market Greg that he expected to have, but he ends up getting a nice payday. And he gets he lands in maybe not with a contender, but with a team that is showing some promise right now. See, and yeah, I they should
5: consider themselves playoff contenders. Maybe maybe not Super Bowls. Right. Maybe I meant a little, title contenders. Yeah, may, yes. maybe Super Bowls a little bit much, but why not? I mean, I I think. The, with the pieces that they've added, with Sam Darnold, Jameson Crowder, Le'Veon Bell, Robbie Anderson, Chris, Chris Herndon, Quintia Enunwa, you should have a good offense. Come should, on back, Henry. You Anderson. have an offensive coach, and if you don't, you know that that comes back to the coaching staff. And I think Bell is going to add a lot. This is a guy who's put up, what is it, four seasons or three, where he's had 18 over almost 1,900 yards uh, from scrimmage. He's an unbelievable receiver, one of the best running back receivers you know, of the last 10 years, an unbelievable pass protector, a smart guy, uh, a short yardage back. You can leave him on the field all three downs when you go into hurry up. He can really do anything you want. And I think he gives the Jets a schematic advantage over other teams, and I think we've gone too far in one direction saying running backs aren't worth anything. I would rather have him than C.J. Mosley, and C.J. Mosley's making way more money. I would rather have him uh, than some of these guards out here. Hey, like, Stan, who are you more excited about, Lev Bell or C.J. Mosley? Lev Bell, but and I'm I, happy but I, to have them both. Right, yeah. and I, But I also think like Bell is going to help them win more. Like I think he's going to help them win more than Roger Saffold's going to help the Titans, and they're going to be making the same, uh, you know, average money per year so i i think bell is a a transcendent player and as long as he his body hasn't fallen apart he's 27 years old he just had a year off he's only had 1500 touches in his career which is not that many i think it's a great signing
2: Wes, when you have a 21 year old quarterback that you believe in with all your heart is a star what is the first thing you do when you have the opportunity
3: Lean on your running game for support?
2: And you just, well, you build around him. You give him weapons. You give him people that you know he could turn to and make the job easier. And I feel like Le'Veon Bell fits the uh, mold.
3: Absolutely. And I think most NFL teams in today's NFL, this was not true 20 years ago or 30 years ago, view frontline running backs, expensive running backs, as luxuries rather than necessities. Because they can find running backs anywhere. But the type of team that should go get a luxury is a team with a depleted offensive roster and tons of room under the salary cap. That's who the Jets were.
4: The Jets have simply not been relevant outside of the Rex Ryan era at all. And they've lacked star players on offense. And I, I think it goes beyond just adding – everyone. on Bell will make Sam Darnold so much better. Yes – but Sam Darnold was also attached to one of the least creative offensive schemes we've seen in a long time. He I thought he was essentially handcuffed from wire to wire. And I think that it it's 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 Sam Darnold is going is in position to make a leap because of Le'Veon Bella because you have to trust that Adam Gase is going to do more with him than what he was put into last year.
2: And the line uh is still an issue. It's not the same offensive line in terms of talent and experience as the Steelers had. But the Keleche Osemele move, which is completely kind of lost in the shuffle now, and it should be, there are bigger things going on, was a really nice trade by Mike McKagan, who's had a a nice week, I think. Uh, They lost out on the the search to replace their center. I think that's something they're still going to be on the hunt for. But in general, I think this team, and other than the flash in the pan Fitzmagic year in 2015, the Jets have been arguably the, the least fun offense to watch. Uh, for a decade. So anybody, when you add a guy like Le'Veon Bell, a potential Hall of Fame talent, still 27 years old, only 27 mm. years old, you're you're doing backflips. And, yeah, the whole New York angle, it is weird. And it's not as surreal as where Mark is right now because I think anybody would be envious where, Mark, you are as a fan right now uh, and you've earned it uh, after all the years of suffering. But if you're a Jets fan, you are so excited to not be the dysfunctional one right now in New York. It is the Giants, and uh, the day that they trade back them. That's a long time coming. The Jets get Bell, and the Jets' arrow is heading up, and the Giants is heading down. That doesn't – don't happen uh, in New York and in New Jersey. I know somebody from New York and New Jersey. He's my old man, Keith Hansis. We haven't heard from him in a while. I wanted to hear his thoughts on Le'Veon Bell joining Gangnam.
3: His name is Keith.
2: I think all Jet fans have to be excited with the news yesterday, the signing of Le'Veon Bell. He's only 27 <laughs> years old, and he's got a four-year contract. He's a great running back, as well as uh, an excellent pass receiver. Uh, this should really help the Jets advance this year. Hopefully they can acquire a couple other players to help him on the offensive line. But I think this move show is showing the Jets are moving forward, and that's the good news for all Jet fans. You can hear it in my dad's voice. You know, there's been a lot of big signings in the past, a lot of big moves by the Jets, and they always seem to blow up in their face. So there's a little bit of trepidation, hesitation not to dive in with, um, you know, two feet. But it's all right to be excited if you're a Jets fan. Be excited.
4: His analysis is always enjoyable and concise. They
5: they (laughs) did have the highest paid uh, free agent last year, too people for. you. Tremaine Johnson Cuz I was the only the reason I remember that was we we I looked back at our podcast from a year ago just to see what we, you know we had done and and the the First day of free agency podcast was named Jets make their move, and I was like,
2: "What was the Jets making yeah. their
5: move?" And I was just like, "I guess it wasn't as newsy last year." Tremaine
2: Johnson was the best. I that saw we something. Had. Someone was writing about the young <laughs> this Jets core as they're trying to build. Tremaine Johnson wasn't even listed. I was like, "Wow, that seemed like a whiff." Anyway, but that's not the day to talk about that either, Greg. It's a positive day for the Jets as well. Let's move on now. The Ravens, Greg. The Ravens been pilfered in the early <laughs> part of free agency. Uh, C.J. Mosley, who we mentioned, went to the Jets. Terrell Suggs uh, defects to the Arizona Cardinals. They part ways with Eric Weddle. They lose uh, – who else do they lose? Zadarius Smith. Darius Smith. I mean John, – John, John, John Brown. Johnny Brown. Smokey. Ransacked. We need something good to happen if you're a Ravens <laughs> fan. Uh, so they did. They got busy. On Wednesday, safety Earl Thomas signed a four-year, $55 million con- – anybody take Earl Thomas in the sandwich – we, we did not take the Ravens. No, nope. we been. went 0 for 4. Uh, four years, $55 million. <laughs> That's how we dollars. Do The contract includes $32 million guaranteed, averages $14.33 million over the first three years per Ian Rappaport. Uh, that was the highest player left on uh, Wes and Greg's uh, top 101 free agents. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Greg, this feels like a perfect Raven, si- Raven signing. Do you agree?
5: I, I do. I love – When teams have a tradition, like at a certain position, and when you go from Ed Reed to a few years with Eric Weddle, who did it up right. Three three Pro Bowl years. Absolutely did it up right. You go from Eric Reed in that deep safety position to Eric Weddle to Earl Thomas, it just feels seamless. And I love when a guy who's a Hall of Famer in my mind, uh, Earl Thomas, at least he's played to that level, has a chance to have two separate chapters that are really memorable and unique. And I think him joining the Ravens is the perfect continuation of of their defensive tradition and gives him a chance at least to have one of those first ballot, really special, memorable types of career because you know they'll know how to use them.
4: Like the concern when you hear this hoopla about, oh, just, you know, ticket Cleveland for the AFC North is that there are two teams in that division that have proven no matter what happens to them – offseason to offseason, they will find a way to succeed when the games actually happen. (laughs) And you trust their ownership, their coaching staff, their ability to develop players. The fact that they're almost Patriots like the Ravens where they've had a similar scheme on defense for so long, so you're looking for the right types of players. And they
5: let people leave like the Patriots.
4: Exactly. And Earl Thomas fits perfectly. The minute that, you know, someone else could have overpaid and he might have fit or he might not. The minute I heard Ravens and Earl Thomas, I thought, I can already see him in Baltimore. This is going to go very well.
2: Uh, yes, and also another fit, uh, another 29-year-old turning 30 this year, now a member of the Ravens, Mark Ingram. yeah boy, Mark Sessler, uh, your USO friend, strikes a three-year $15 million deal uh, with the Ravens. Uh, so he enters a backfield um, that um, looks like with – the quarterback Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram—that seems like a one-two punch that you can get behind.
4: I think they're gonna—they're—they're they're a strong candidate to lead the AFC in in carries again. Uh, I mean, I think they want to be a little bit more of a balanced offense. But Mark Ingram—don't forget about the Gus Bus. Gus I Edwards mean, Gus bus I think, was yeah. driving
5: late last year, right? And I don't <laughs> think it's just—it's
4: not Mark Ingram coming in and be the the
3: featured back. It's—it's it's you're, you're part of a committee again. And it's a good fit. They're just both great fits, great natural fits. And I think when you see them get poached, ransacked, uh, pilfered, like they did on defense, and then to see what the Browns did with their moves, and everyone's kind of thinking in the back of their minds, I guess the Ravens are taking a little nap here. And it's like, oh, touche. Mm -hmm. Well, They announced announced Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram within minutes of each other, and they're both great fits.
5: Well, they've got a great secondary. On paper – You know, they've kept Jimmy Smith. They still have Tony Jefferson, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Carr, Earl Thomas. That might be the best secondary in the league. I I think they were caught flat-footed by Mosley. I think their number two receiver right now is either... I mean, their number one receiver is Willie Sneed. That's problematic. Mm. And their number two receiver is... Chris Moore. I don't know. So they don't throw I, to wide receivers. I'm a, right. I get it, but I'm a little concerned about them advancing the the football through the
2: air. So that's you and
5: they're it, may it's not early be. in the off season though. It's early. Just, We
2: said that last show. 2019. I feel like that is something you want to be able to do. The forward pass seems important for all the. But I love these signings. For all the kudos
4: for Baltimore, I cannot think of a team that's had t- rougher luck drafting wide receivers if that's
3: what they want to do. Well, luck is one way to put it. If <laughs> all right, if
2: you had to pick one team in the AFC North, the Bengals least likely other, other than cincinnati uh to hit that 10 to 11 win range who would it be mm. <laughs> that's a good one i think i would go the ravens i think it's going to be a good division race between all i think uh, anybody that thinks the browns are going to go 14 and 2 no i think it's going to be a dog fight because i think the division is still very strong they, we're talking
4: about a team that has not learned how to win inside their own totally division agree. and i it, like it's they're ripe for growing pains I don't care about the star power that left Pittsburgh. They will find a way to get to 10 or 11 wins. I, they always they still do. have
2: star power. Just, right, you
5: know, right. But, it, but the Ravens have had – they are a franchise that's had a lot of stability. And it now that they have this much change on defense and this much change on offense and a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator, I mean this hasn't exactly been the Patriots over the last six years. I think they've won – I mean, when's the last time they won a playoff game? It was the Super Bowl, right? So, I mean, I would, I would, I would put them.
4: Well, we had John Harbaugh on the hot seat for various times over the past couple of years, but their offense we needs to it. work the way it did down the stretch. Their own
2: building seemed to be putting him on the hot seat. You know, we, we all kind of like John Harbaugh a lot, it seems.
4: We're Harbaugh guys, right? I feel like we Greg, Greg mentioned yeah. Greg, the hot seat scenario. For Greg, I was just
5: mentioning that it was on the table it's because they right haven't, you know, yeah. they were a little up and down. All right, let's uh, keep moving,
2: boys. We got a lot to get to. The they chief. did beat the Steelers that one year in the playoffs. I blew that stat. Oh, it's all right, bro. Ouch, Greg. Uh, D. Ford is on the move. The Chiefs and 49ers have agreed uh, agreed to a trade involving Ford in exchange for a 2022nd round draft pick. That came from Rap sheet. Uh, Ford gets a new contract with the Niners, expected to be five years and eighty-seven and a half million dollars. Star money for a, a top pass rusher. Uh, do you like this move, Mark, for the Niners? We'll I, I'll just
4: reiterate what we've what we've talked about with D. Ford that you have this peak contract year campaign uh, in a scheme that he fit in, and again, you hope that he can du- duplicate that with the Niners. I mean, I like it, but. This is not someone that's given you five straight years of this production, and it's a little bit more of a wild-card move for me. What I love is the idea that the Niners, with the draft pick they have and with the incredible pass rushers hitting us this year in the draft, you could pair them with
3: someone else, and suddenly you've got something going on. I have D. Ford with dominant games in two out of the last three seasons. I I think he was a dominant player two out of the last three years. He was unhealthy for part of the season – uh, three years ago, but I think he is absolutely not a one-year wonder. I wonder how he fits going from a 3-4 defense to a 4-3. But the 49ers finally have a pass rusher, and if they pick up Nick Bosa with the number two pick in the draft, that, that, that defensive line suddenly goes from a liability to a straight. I'm holding out
2: hope Nick Bosa drops the three to the Jets, but it would be – we talked to Daniel Jeremiah earlier today. DJ threw it out there that if you pair – Ford and Bosa, you're going to terrorize some very good quarterbacks in that. Well, oh, and,
5: and DeForest Buckner is like the best, maybe the best player in the league that gets no attention now. He's kind of ta- you know I think Fletcher Cox is kind of now he does get the
2: attention and DeForest- Tyler Eifert is a little under the radar in a way <laughs> that isn't fair. So right that that, or, that
5: is a ridiculous. I it's it's a move though that I feel like John Lynch has made, You know, teams are hesitant to give out a contract that big. I mean, that's the biggest contract in free agency. Am I right? Well, here's another contract. And and, and I, I want to say just like that's the biggest contract in free agency, and you gave up a second-round pick. And the way the 49ers have been playing lately, that's a high pick. So is. that is a big-time um, risk that he's taken. And I think John Lynch realized this year three, they need to start showing some results. I,
4: on the one little thing that catches me, and I, I, so if he, he if he has this natural talent, maybe he can shift into another scheme. But the Chiefs who have been with him for half a decade say – He's not going to fit in this new scheme. The Niners think we can make that work. TBD.
2: Another move by the Niners. Tevin Coleman joins a crowded backfield. He signs a two-year, $10 million contract. Pretty nice value uh, for the Niners, but it leaves you wondering, Wes, what happens next because – uh, we know that Matt Breida, he really did have a nice season last year after Jarek McKinnon went down with an ACL injury before the season started. McKinnon's getting paid a lot of money. I think
3: he's already made $12 million with the Niners. Is
2: there enough room for all three of these guys?
3: I don't know. I think that's a good question. Matt Breida, to me, is unquestionably the best runner on this roster. Wow. And I think Tevin Coleman, we've already seen that Kyle Shanahan knows how to get him the ball in space fantastically well. He had an excellent season in their Super Bowl year with Kyle Shanahan. And to me, Jarek McKinnon coming off a tor- torn ACL, I would think that Tevin Coleman's going to be the apple of his eye, not Jarek McKinnon. I think they'll
5: keep all three, and Coleman came at a great bargain. Uh, I, I find it very surprising strange. Surprising bargain. I find it very strange and almost uncomfortable when a guy like Tevin Coleman has the same agent as Le'Veon Bell, and I think that's a clear conflict of interest. That makes you and, uncomfortable? And, I just think there's something really wrong about that because while he was waiting for Le'Veon Bell to go sign, Latavius Murray got more guaranteed money than Tevin Coleman. Something doesn't seem right about that. Like I'm really surprised Latavius Murray got a better contract than than Tevin Coleman. And Coleman, I think the way that their season went, they need as many offensive weapons as they can get. Maybe injuries are going to happen.
2: Play them all. Uh, Doubling back to the Chiefs. It's amazing. This is a team, the Chiefs, that came very close to going to the Super Bowl. Uh, But the defense obviously disappointed. Bob Sutton got fired because of it. Uh, D. Ford's gone. Justin Houston's gone. Eric Berry gone as well. Uh, The Chiefs on Wednesday announced the release of Berry. Uh, He had been with the team since being the number five pick in the uh, 2010 draft. Of course, uh, Berry has dealt with injuries, cancer, and he hasn't been able to get on the field a lot. But Greg, as you pointed out earlier today, he played a ton in the last last Chiefs game, but I guess ultimately they decided they needed to make a move.
5: Yeah, and he's had his physical problems are as serious as it as it gets, and he was able to play and there was some questions should he get more surgery or not. I I think they they gave him and they were almost forced like by public pressure to give him that contract and it and it turned into a fiasco for them, frankly. I mean, it was just bad luck. But part of the reason they gave him that contract, despite some injury questions, was he's known as one of the leaders of men and one of the people that is just as tough and uh, loves football about as much as anyone. So I don't think they would dump him, basically, unless they thought he was just done.
4: There were whispers this morning, uh, unsure how reliable they are, by multiple people that... The Browns are making a play for Eric Berry, which makes sense
3: because of John Dorsey there. Uh, But ultimately that must Probably be cheap.
5: I mean, you would think
3: he's not going to cost
2: a lot of money. Yeah.
3: Cancer survivor. I hope he's able to come back and make a difference.
2: Uh, It's time, fellas, to jump into the fish tank. (laughs) It's been a while.
3: The organic fish tank.
2: The Dolphins need a quarterback. You know, they're moving on from Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater uh, made sense as an option, uh, but then we heard that Teddy Bridgewater was staying with the Saints. Uh, Mark Mark took, took issue with that. He really uh, tore into Teddy, and I think Teddy was listening to the show because <laughs> now we have news that Teddy Bridgewater is scheduled to meet with the Dolphins in Miami on Wednesday night. We're recording this uh, as we reach Wednesday night, rap sheet reported uh so obviously a turn of events so we don't have anything as of uh this discussion but do not be surprised if teddy bridgewater mark is the uh the leader in the clubhouse to be the starter for the dolphins in 2019 right jane slater was very adamant that
4: there was an offer from the saints there was an agreement uh i i wonder i mean it's just for the same reasons we brought up yesterday that it, for me, I, it's not a Teddy Bridgewater thing because I don't know Teddy Bridgewater the person at all. But if I want to trade an NFL quarterback, it's whatever team you have a chance to start for. If it's your only chance, that you would prefer that over being a backup. Now I understand the Dolphins can seem like a bit of a hot mess, but I'll go back to a year ago when Baker Mayfield was they asked, do "Can do you think you can like rescue this moribund Browns franchise coming off an 0-16 year?" And he said, "Absolutely, let's do it." That's the that's what you want from the neck up from your quarterback the confidence. I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater personally doesn't have that viewpoint, but I question it a little bit to go become a backup on what seems to be a very short range deal with the Saints, where are you is are you secure that you're gonna be there when Drew Brees is done? What what is the plan? So
3: I I, I will want to see what happens here. I would not compare Baker Mayfield to Teddy Bridgewater from any kind of standpoint, I think Baker Mayfield's just so much better, so that's why he was confident. Teddy Bridgewater, to me, there's something to be said for foresight, and having the foresight to go stay with the Saints, to me, just was really smart. And Where, we'll see. We'll versus see. Maybe the he Dolphins, will. Yeah. who have no offensive line and one of the worst rosters in the NFL.
5: It does make you wonder if the Dolphins said, hey, actually we'll, we'll
2: offer you a little better Sweet contract. Mike yeah. Garofalo was on, uh, on with us earlier today. Uh, on our what was it our Twitter show or was it our NFL free our agency free live show? Free agency live, I lose track because we're so productive. Pay us! <laughs> what? That came out of nowhere. We I I mean, not know. We are technically that was a flashback. Do not know. So where like that four came years from. ago. <laughs> Very unbecoming. Anyway, uh, Mike told us that uh, the Saints' deal uh, for Teddy Bridgewater, <clears throat> they believed it was going to be uh, in the seven million base value. Uh, range, which is very good money for a backup. And now we're hearing reports that if Teddy ends up going to Miami, guess who ends up going to New Orleans? Getting that type of money maybe, Ryan Tannehill. And you know what, Wes? To your it's point. It's a new
3: report that there's no way he's going to New Orleans. All right.
2: Save it for the Friday pod. <laughs> interesting. It'll be interesting uh, to see whoever ends up being behind Drew Brees. Uh, that's a good spot. It's, I maintain that's a it, good spot. It is, but spot.
5: only if Breeze gets hurt. Here's the whole thing about, like, Teddy Bridgewater wasn't some heir apparent on a one-year deal. It's like they'll no, they'll evaluate that's, that's
3: it, when it when it happens. With they Drew will give Brees, him a 20-year deal. I mean, the history of 40-year-old quarterbacks is it goes all at once. Not like, okay, he just declined over a period of three years. Right. So if it goes, you're going to want that guy behind him.
5: But it's confusing, too, because the history of, like, recent 40-year-old quarterbacks is they suddenly get better. Like Drew Brees gets like goes for an MVP caliber season, and then Tom Brady throws 500 yards in the Super Bowl and then wins it. The next, I would year, point
3: I you to Peyton Manning's last year and a <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh
2: let's stay in the fish tank, guys. Get back
3: in the fish tank. It's fun we
2: swimming in the fish tank. Cameron Wake, he's out. He's not in the tank. He's hopping out of the fish tank, uh, and he's heading to the Tennessee Titans, who have agreed uh, for, on a three-year, twenty-three million dollar deal. This is from Tom Pelissero. Our own Tom Pelissero, uh, ten million guaranteed. Wake, thirty-seven years old. Greg, uh, when uh, when he takes the field for Tennessee, mm. uh, so this is not a spring chicken. Uh, where are we at so far with the Titans and the direction they're going in their free agency? Because this that's a win now buy right there. They they've been
5: selective, but I like the moves that they made. I think I like Saffold. I like Humphreys. I'm never going to doubt. Wake is a little bit like Breeze or Brady right now because you just assume he's going to fall off at some point every year. It never happened. I mean, he's had a remarkable career. He had a great season a year ago. To get a $10 million guarantee on a pretty big contract as a 30, what is he? 30, 37. 37-year-old 46, passer? 46, actually. is insane. Like, does the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is kind of you know how basketball considers your other leagues? like, you know, women certainly are in it an international players. I'll answer your question, players. yes,
2: because it's not the NFL.
5: Hole. I don't know, because like Wake, I don't, I don't know what he did in the CFL. Was he just like the best player? At some point, like he's building up a case here.
3: I believe that Warren Moon's <laughs> CFL contributions were considered when he was... He's, buil- he's just building up a case. I
5: mean, he's had a very unique career, Cameron Wake. he's pretty amazing totally different player every year we end up talking
2: about wow Cameron Wake you gotta give him credit totally different player uh, but I I remember Brandon Marshall a few years back uh, bringing up the point that he's been so remarkably productive if he could just hang around for three or four more years and keep putting up the numbers he'd be hard to keep out Wake would probably need to have a nice run with the Titans here but it's not impossible
3: Oh, I think he would have to go back to being like <laughs> count all, those all CFL pro caliber for three more. Count years. those
2: CFL stats.
5: Well, they need a pass. They need pass rush. I like it. I guess. How
3: about a real a uh, certain Hall of Famer
2: sticking in Washington? Adrian Peterson uh, signed a one-year deal with Washington and responded with his eighth 1,000-yard season. Uh, Washington uh, decides they're keeping him around, even with Darius guys coming back from that ACL tear. Uh, they bring him back, two-year deal worth eight million. Rap Sheet and Garofolo reported. I don't know what the guaranteed money is on this one, but either way, Peterson keeping it going at a time when most running backs are in
3: retirement. That's Tevin Coleman money, and Peterson earned it. He was the focal point of that offense, and a team that looked to be playoff bound until they lost their starting quarterback.
4: And I mean, I guess you know you have Darius Geis coming back as well. That can be a very good backfield, and. I, I, for me, I just I struggle to generate any excitement about the about the Redskins when we are going to spend an entire offseason of flowery nonsense about Case Keenum as your starter, <laughs> and you mean, added a safety. I don't, I don't think there'll I be mean, any. I mean, in the year
5: 2019, I don't think there's
2: a lot of flowers growing around the Keenum. I think house. they'll be in like the Detroit well, Lions club where they just kind of will exist. We are like a lot of pub. we are
4: two years removed from an entire offseason spent on Trevor Simeon. And another one of on Tom Savage. Like, uh, believe me, we'll find a way to overcelebrate whoever's starting anywhere. Are we sure? He's- I'm not saying the four
3: of us, but it's in the w- it's in the water around here. Are we sure he's starting? He and Colt McCoy, the Redskins paid the same amount for those two guys. (laughs) Colt McCoy's been in this offense for more than four years. And every time Jay Gruden talks about Colt McCoy. Save it for the July podcast. I'm not sure he's starting,
4: but neither was I sure that Trevor Simeon. We all said all along that Broncos team would have three starters, and they did. And we all said Tom Savage is going to last about 14 days, and he did. And Air it's points. just that Case Keenum will be talked about incessantly, and I need him out of my life.
2: Here's I, the um, uh, on Friday show. We're going to do some over unders for all these uh, guys landing in new places. But uh, while we're here, uh, Case Keenum eleven and a half starts. Oh, under
4: over under. the rest of his career, <laughs> <laughs> under
2: sure. I'm putting rent on
5: that. I under, mean, because at this under. point, I need a way to make a little more income if I'm getting even odds,
2: putting the <laughs> rent on under. All right. The odds are
4: great. And they're going to draft someone potentially. Uh,
2: let's move on. The, the Raiders make another move. Tyrell Williams, uh, who had one 1,000-yard 1, season in four years with the Chargers, so he's shown he could do it in the past. The Raiders are banking on it. he could do it some more. A rap sheet reported Wednesday uh, that Oakland signs uh, Williams four years worth $44 million, $22 million guaranteed. He ranked number 39 on NFL.com's list of top 101 free agents in 2019. Pretty rich money for uh, for Tyrell Williams, right?
3: Seems like a pretty nice deal for him. Not a guy I would give that much money to. But I, Good I think, job, Mr. Agent. Without a doubt, Derek Carr has much better receivers this year than he did last
5: year. I think G- GM's... I think he had a lot of offer. It sounded like he had a lot more interest and maybe would have ranked a little higher on the average GM's top 101 list. People were into it. I think because deep speed is just so hard to find, and he, and he, he has that. So, I mean, suddenly you have him and Antonio Brown, not bad.
4: Right. Now you have a, a competent collection. I mean, going into free agency. Jordan Nelson gone? He's I know. there. Is he, of the, I don't know.
5: One of the funniest analysis that I saw the other night, it was from a good a good writer, but it was like, you know, you got to really look at the impact that Antonio Brown is going to have on opening up things for Jordy Nelson. I was like, if Jordy Nelson is, if you're if you're thinking that that's a major part of their offense and that's their number two receiver, then they're
2: going to still stink.
4: Outside of Buffalo, worst group of wide receivers before these two signings.
2: Speaking of the Chargers, um, they add a name. They lose Tyrell, they get a Tyrod.
3: You better call Tyrod. It just doesn't work. That's no. a deep cut. That's like the My Morning Jacket what? version. <laughs> Rap Sheet reported Wednesday that
2: Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod, I don't want to talk about that again, agreed to a two year contract with the Chargers. The team later made the news official. And I just realized something. Oh, yeah. Gerg.
5: I assume this is the only reason it was in the show.
2: Oh,
0: Gerg,
2: where Because Gino? 'Cause Gino couldn't even hold on to a number two job in LA. Well, He's he, on the street. He did
5: hold on to it and he completed the season. He has more uh playoff victories, uh, you know, than many franchises <laughs> this I, decade.
3: Can I ask a question? <laughs> is this what the vicariously <laughs> Have you accepted this? That this is a bit now, or are you just like really still believing in Gino? Gino's
5: in the league. He's gonna be back. Uh, I he's think not he under gets contract a job. technically he's not, not right, right, right now not right at the moment You
3: famously believe he's like a top 30 quarterback in He the hasn't had a he hasn't
5: had another chance really to prove it but he's I
3: had But of I do think that Still, people
5: that know quarterbacks well they keep giving him contracts
2: He will be he'll be 7th in MVP uh rankings for the XFL in about 3 years I'll give you that. I mean,
5: to answer your question, Wes, I did give up on trying to put him into the top 101, I think, even a year ago. So Hey,
2: at least you like to defend likable guys. One of the uh, – we sometimes we – you know, life happens. Tyrod's an upgrade. I'll admit it. Thank you. Big time. Anthony
4: uh, Lynn worked with him. In, I mean, he knows who he is at
2: least. Life happens and things keep moving and you forget about it. But never forget that Geno Smith was a starting quarterback – and over a three hundred dollar plane ticket, one of his own te- teammates punched him out in his locker room and broke his jaw. That is a thing that happened. That that's still a thing that happened. It will never have not happened. That was a also-
4: remarkable like moment in his career. But for me, it was over the minute that he walked out after being drafted in a white sweater. <laughs> that was. <laughs> well. I'd never really. He had to be talked even staying. He got
2: got
5: Rex another year by helping them win those games, including down in Miami at the end of the Rex. That four game run. People still talking about that four game run.
2: And he this was just for you, Greg. You're a real grinder. You love it. Darrell Williams sticking around in Carolina. He signs a one year a contract worth seven million uh so the tackle sticks around in Charlotte to protect Big K. Why
5: is this just for me? I don't know. You said you wanted to talk about it. So no, I did. I just I that was I was just literally I actually said we don't need to do this on the show. Here's just uh the information for you guys. We're sitting here. It was a top twenty guy in our uh free agent list, I think. Teams were a little afraid coming off a big-time injury.
2: All right, that's what's happening in the news. As promised, we had a really nice conversation with a future Hall of Famer, and when we do that, we like to amplify it. That's a that's a term that's used in content generation. Well, let's hear it right now.
4: One quick note. I mean, this will be thrown out there on video, too. I would, I would click into the video to take a look at where Joe Thomas is at from the physique angle. He mm. was sort of shockingly
2: uh, and ruggedly built. Am I wrong about that? No, he's in good shape physically. And you'll have a chance to check it out on... Didn't shock me. I always media. believed in him. All right, let's go to it. <laughs> well. There he is. Very excited <laughs> to be joined by the greatest Brown since Jim Brown, Ooh. Joe Thomas. Wow. Iron Man left tackle of the Cleveland Browns. An amazing 11-year career. And now you're joining us here. Welcome to
0: the show. I love the studio, man. And thanks for having me on. This is great. We built this for you. you, Joe. Yeah, basically. I do yeah. appreciate that.
2: Yeah, when we have a future Hall of Famer in the building... Uh, we build it for you. It, 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 we were just talking about when you when you just came on, uh, when you sat down, you're getting used to this body. You're nice and slim down now. That's where yeah. Dan totally different Big dude. Week he starts with the <laughs> body. Yeah.
0: I fit a little better in these chairs these days. It's kind of <laughs> nice, yeah, I'm sure. I do I
5: did notice the difference like when you said hi to all of us. You know, you shake Dan and I's hand. It's nice to meet you. You had to give Mark Sessler a hug. Like oh. you have never met. But you know of his Browns fandom just by reputation. We got history.
0: He came on the Tomahawk podcast. Absolutely. We enjoyed ourselves. We, you know, we get to have the mutual Browns love. So, Browns fans, they get each other, I think.
4: I Listen, I mean, I'm just I'm t- trying to breathe here steadily because <laughs> it's been a long time coming. But we, we spent that show breaking down other teams in the playoffs. Yeah, Maybe it'll be different this Isn't time
2: it, around. It, and it's such a special time. I mean, when's the last time – I mean, the Browns have been trending upward, let's face it, since the day Baker Mayfield got drafted – And now what happens with the Odell Beckham trade, things have gone overdrive now. It went from, you know, the Browns could be frisky. The Browns could be an AFC North contender. Now people are talking them as an AFC contender. A lot has changed since you stepped off the field, Joe Thomas.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's easy to say. I mean, when I was there my last year, they had Miles Garrett, which is like the cornerstone of that defense. But then the year after to pick up Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward and then now – OBJ And and just the way John Dorsey has transformed that roster, Mm. it's pretty impressive just to look on paper. Wow. That's a lot of talent, and that's a lot of young talent. Was there a part of you? Because that news broke
2: as you are on TV. Let's check that out, by the way. Let's see what that looked like when Joe Thomas
0: found out one of the greatest wide receivers in the last 25 years (laughs) (laughs) is coming to the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) I felt like, you know, the ladies when they're – Pregnancy and they're given birth and they give them like the brown paper bag that you have to (laughs) breathe into so you don't pass out. That's what I felt like because I had just talked that morning uh, to some of the local radio and said, there's no way the Giants are getting rid of OBJ. And I just wouldn't let myself believe it. It was like the Mm. kid on Christmas morning. I was trying to manage my expectations, expecting it to be socks under the Christmas tree, and then I opened it up, and it was like the coolest boombox of all time. You're one of the greatest Browns
2: ever. You're, You're not that far removed from the game. Are you plugged in enough where you were maybe hearing things that other people weren't, that this could be in play?
0: Not really, and I, I've got a lot of friends in the organization still, and I, I chat with those guys all the time, but I try to keep our relationship mostly friendship-based so it's not just me trying to pull information right. from them all the time. I would run the
4: sources. You're now in the media. I would get that yeah, information yeah, and use that. Yeah. I do wonder because it's, you're run with the Browns. You, you almost went to the playoffs that first year in 2007, mm-hmm. and then there was a long streak of darkness. Do you ever feel kind of like almost Moses that led this team <laughs> to what now seems like the promised land, but you're not able – to go with them on the field. Is there a little bit of frustration on that front?
0: Honestly, I haven't let my mind accept the fact yet that uh, I'm not a part of the team anymore. I think mm-hmm. I cuz I feel like now as a player you have to be really guarded and you have to manage your expectations and you have to always say the right things, but now I can just be excited and be a fan right. and just be over the top when something cool like this happens. Is there a
5: part of you in that moment you're on NFL Network live you're like Thinking to yourself, like how much of a media member do I want to be, or how much how much excited do I just want to yeah, be? Yeah, I mean,
0: it's it? it's hard when you're in that situation, and and I don't think the NFL Network would want me to be stone faced about it because no. this is a, an exciting time for the yeah. Browns. This is an organization that's had. A lot of hardship since they came back in 99. And they're one of the great franchises in the NFL. And to finally have that turnaround happening right now and to see it accelerating each offseason with these incredible moves that John Dorsey has been making is so cool. Well, with that in
2: mind, let's check out another tweet. This is from our colleague Andrew Siciliano. Hey, Joe. How quickly can you put the weight back on? What do you Ah. say? I mean, is it even a possibility? Did it ever cross Ah. your mind in the past (laughs) You 12, 15 months.
0: I would love to be part of a championship run, but if I had anything left in my knees, I would have played last year. Uh, The reason I retired had nothing to do with me being sick of losing or sick of turnover or that I didn't love the game anymore. I loved the game just as much when I walked out, if not more than when I first walked Hmm. into the door in Cleveland in 2007. I loved the locker room. I loved the preparation. Everything about it was great, but When your body gives up on you, there's really nothing left. Yeah, made the decision for you. you. Yeah, I mean, it was easy.
2: How surreal is it that the Browns are, in some ways, America's team right now? I mean, the Cowboys still have the title, but people. (laughs) This country is rooting for Cleveland. They've been rooting for Cleveland when they were coming off 0-16, and, and now the bandwagon's starting to fill Mark up. Mark seems a little uncomfortable with the people now jumping and on I the And I get belt. that. Well, so, yeah,
4: Listen, if you've been there, you've been there. Now suddenly everyone's right. a fan, please. If the, if, as a Jet
2: fan, if the <laughs> same thing happened with jet people jumping on the Jets bandwagon, I'd be like, stay off. You don't deserve this. Yeah. I earned this. Uh, How surreal is it that the Browns get this much love now from the country? after years of derision.
0: Yeah, I'm excited that the Browns are sort of the center of the NFL universe right now and hopefully for the future. Um, It's true. But it is funny because there is going to be some of that amongst fans. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I went through the 0-16. I stuck with the team. All of a sudden, you're coming out of the woodwork now that they're good and they've got this fun team with all these great personalities. So I'm sure that's going to happen. Let's hope it happens because that means they've had a great season. You should be the bouncer. I'd be happy to be the bouncer. I'll throw a few people out.
4: I've always said that um, if the Browns in my lifetime ever won the Super Bowl, and there there was a period there where I thought, it's not happening. Even if I live for another 30 (laughs) years, it won't. But if it happens, I don't care how old I am. I'm going to in systematically burn down like eight cars on my street and just start throwing <laughs> chairs all over the place. What would your response be? Would it be stoic? Would you go nuts? Would, would, would you, you commit to owners property, as well, Jeff? Wow.
0: You know, I haven't let myself f- put myself into that shoes yet of what it would feel like when, when the Browns win a mm, Super Bowl. When? But uh, I remember when I was 12 years old, I was a Packer fan growing up in mm-hmm. Wisconsin, and Brett Favre wins their Super Bowl in '90 six i think it was and it was like 10 below zero in wisconsin i ran outside i ripped my shirt off as a 12 year old kid and i wow. was running around the street so i'm sure it would be something like that it would be like uh the jr smith all over again oh. where i wouldn't put my shirt on for and a they'd week. have
4: to give you a ring, after all you've done well it,
0: it makes it. me growing up in new
2: york don mattingly of the yankees he retired and then they started dynasty immediately when derek jeter gets there the mm-hmm. fans, though, didn't forget Mattingly. He never got to the World Series. I feel like Browns fans, if a similar thing, situation played out, you'd be just as beloved as all these guys that are winning titles if it ever happened because you were there. The fans, you're synonymous with that, the pain that led to the greatness in a way.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of pain, and hopefully yeah. there's some greatness coming up. Yeah. But, you know, Browns fans, are, they're the best fans in the country. No, we're not doing if. In, in it's the when. countries. Yeah, when <laughs> they win the Super Bowl. Now, the, the Browns fans are the best in the country, and they've shown me nothing but love, even through all those really hard times, and I'm forever grateful. It, kind it, of it, it a, is a
4: brown city because I know what happened with the Cavs, and that was yeah. a nice bomb during the really dark ages for Cleveland's football team, but I remember back in the 80s when it was Marty Schottenheimer there and Bernie Kozar. Mm-hmm. and that stadium was always talked about outside next to the Broncos as the loudest, mm-hmm. toughest place to play. Mm-hmm. Fans were throwing batteries at John Elway. I mean... It has there's not been an opportunity for that
5: yeah. Last of season, little, they were getting wild. Like yeah, even like when started it started three here. and five early, yeah. like
0: they were going crazy. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be bananas there opening day because they can feel that excitement building in the offseason. Last offseason, everyone was excited because of what they did in the draft. And you have this rookie, but you don't really know when the turnaround's gonna happen. You don't know how good the rookie's gonna be. And so this year with the excitement building through the offseason is going to be crazy. And Odell <laughs> Beckham is pure electricity.
2: Even oh, on, on these Moribund Giants teams in recent year, he was the guy that made them primetime TV-like. He's going to turn the Browns into an offense that we've never seen
0: in Cleveland. Well, he's one of the icons of the NFL probably of all time. And to be able to be part of this Browns resurgent franchise and when they win the Super Bowl with when? him – I mean, can wow. you imagine the legacy that these guys are the going to have? The confidence Browns
2: fans. We should it. do it. Remember when LeBron <laughs> signed with the Heat and he's like, we're not going to win one title. Yeah, right. We're not going to win two. we <laughs> We're not going to." Maybe we can get that going. Just I'll, as
5: like a football head, though, aren't you kind of excited to see what Freddie Kitchens is going to do with all of these pieces? Because it's not just Odell Beckham. It, it's the running game. It's Jarvis Landry. It's Njoku. Like, kind of what are you expecting yeah. to see
0: out of this offense? Yeah, well, from an X's and an O's standpoint, Odell Beckham was sort of the missing link on that offense because they had Jarvis Landry who's more of your possession underneath type guy he catches a lot of balls but he's not the down the field threat but now you have OBJ Baker can throw it he's got an arm so you got OBJ going deep you got Jarvis underneath That's really a difficult thing for a defense to handle from a coverage standpoint. How do you cover both those guys? Because you can't take away both of them at the same time. And now they have some other weapons, too. Obviously, the addition of Kareem Hunt. you got Nick Chubb in the backfield. David Njoku's coming into his own. It's a lot of weapons for a guy like Freddie Kitchens to be able to sit there in the offseason and salivate in those meeting rooms. Mark is beaming. Yeah, before we (laughs) say goodbye, uh,
2: for a decade, Joe was a beacon of greatness uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So, Mark, do you have anything you need to say to Joe before he leaves us here on the Around the NFL Twitter show?
4: <laughs> Is this, I mean, you're, you're a future Hall of Famer. Uh, you, you, know, you went to work every day and miss, didn't miss a snap forever and ever. This right now, though, sitting here with the three of us, is this really when you search your heart a high point career-wise? I
0: would having say this that if it's not the highest, it's definitely tied. Okay, I'll take that. Like from,
5: like tied with that moment where Brandon tied. Whedon couldn't get out from underneath yes, the flag? Yes, or... yes,
0: that moment. That, that moment of me <laughs> snapping my tricep and laying on the field there for yeah. dead. All right,
2: well, those days are gone. It's a new era. Now when you talk about the Browns, it's all good things. Yeah. Joe Thomas, thank you for joining us. And please, come back again when, after the first title, maybe the third title, whenever you have a yeah, chance. Yeah,
0: I'll be back after the third or fourth title. It'll be a lot of fun. Thanks, guys, <laughs> okay. for having me. Joe Thomas.
2: There you go, Joe Thomas. Mark Sessler beaming. Uh, I took a photo, Mark, with you and the spelt Joe Thomas afterwards. He re- I look
4: like a, like a tiny <laughs> child next I mean, to him.
2: As, as Greg said, that man uh, during his playing days was the prototypical left tackle build. So there's nothing to be ashamed of.
5: He's 6'6". six, giant. A literal giant. But he's giant. in much better shape now, I mean, really, in a lot of ways than he was as a as a player.
3: There's a part of me that really wanted him to, to come back to the Browns and play left tackle for 2019.
2: Yeah. As we heard, his knees are shot. His body would not cooperate. All right. That's it uh, for today's show. Uh, again, Mark, it's a new day. Uh, it's a new day.
4: I'm willing to uh... – you know, feel happier than in the past. I'm going to give and it you a try. And you know what?
2: I know you so well, Mark, that sometimes good things have happened with the Browns. And I remember, in fact, draft day. Um, not the film. That you were not happy about that. Um, when Baker Mayfield is drafted, you weren't willing to release yourself in a way. Um, but I sense with this Beckham move that you are embracing the beauty of the Browns being reborn as a franchise, not just on the rise, but a franchise that has arrived.
4: Yeah, I I have equal concerns that at some point, like in early September, the team bus is going to roll off a bridge and this roster will be lost for all time. But assuming that doesn't happen, it should be uh, dark. fun uh, times ahead. I mean, That's how I think about these things. up uh, on the
2: dark lake? That's how I
4: think about these things.
2: All right, but a good day for the, the Browns and Jets, Marks, and we, and we deserve those. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. Uh, like I said, we'll do some over-unders, uh, how these... Players will fare in new locations. Uh, some final thoughts on free agency, and then any other news? Because there are, uh, Greg, a lot more players, uh, good players, maybe not the top tier guys, but guys that will make a big difference on teams in 2019 that currently are unemployed.
5: I think where there's 11 of our top 40 are still available, and but then you're getting more into the middle tier, the bargains, and this is where teams get it done. And I think this when it, it's good to have a good GM. We've seen in past years, though. You know, we, we should just be ready for an emergency pod. We've seen in past years, in these days, that's where some trades that you just had no idea was coming have, have happened. Exactly. I predict
2: a lower-octane news lineup. And if, and if something breaks, if news breaks, the heroes will be in the studio creating more content to amplify on all social media channels. That's it.
5: Get your act together, Instagram. This is Dan Hanses.
2: Sessler's got a picture of Joe Thomas ready to
5: (laughs) change
4: his career. Instagram down down for six days.
2: Clyde Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Kent Brown doing the damn thing behind the glass. Sign him. Till Friday.